He's the host that, no matter what, he gets what he wants. This is the Paper Keg Show, as dictated by Slim, episode 267, if Slim says that's okay. Welcome back to the show, paperkeg.com, where three people that are in each other's contact lists for now get together to talk about a comic book this week Insects Volume 1 from Aftershock Comics and then we read your letters live to close out the show as Jonesy sends Instagram direct messages Just look during this segment. Just look. His head is in the game. It's time to play so, the game. Introduce that host right now. You know, he's in it. He's in it to win it. Jonesy loves beer. He's a writer. He's on Instagram. Right now. Right now. Everybody, welcome back to the show. Uh, thank you so much for having me. You know... People try to ask, what are your top three priorities in life? That's what people ask me, Slim. And I say, my children, my prostate, and paper cake. And I'm happy to fulfill one of those three priorities right now with you, with your running jacket, your parted hair, your hand, your regretfully handsome good features, because let's face it, no ugly man likes to have a handsome friend, but here you are. It's Paper Keg, and thank you for having me. Just imagine. Your, po- your poor wife not even placing in the top three. It's because she's above priority. She's in sync with my <laughs> persona. Wow. Man alive. Final host. He's been running the show since uh, I've been gone. It's been three weeks since I was in this chair recording with, with Paper Keg. Mm. It's been a long time. It's been you know, Dale underscore, welcome back. It's been a long time. Great to be here. Slim, I know. You know, I don't have the timing down for some intro, but I got to carve out my own slice. I can't, like, just, just march to the beat of another man's intro on this show. So I just start, I launch into introductions when I, do, when I, when I run the show. And I think I, I do all right. I yeah, do all right. Do. Sure. Did great. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. It's, uh, <laughs> you probably heard, I mean, you probably listened to where, you know, the intro was just slightly different. Psst, no, he didn't listen. He didn't probably. <laughs> and, uh, you know, here Is we there are. like an off air segment where you guys are just talking about how I wasn't going to listen? He doesn't care. How he doesn't mm-hmm. care anymore. No, this is part There's of the probably sh- the, the private iMessage chat vitriol has got to be through the roof I mean, right look, now probably an instagram the, direct the only thing we I talked know. about was i bet he's going to show up with a quilted jacket and we were right we just talk we talk about other things we talk about video games 
right. you know, we t- probably talk about how we could probably have fun at a Comic Con sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one day we'll get back there. But until then, you know, we're going to uh, do, we did a round table episode, Slim, a lot of good positive feedback on that. Yeah, I and, saw that. Uh, I saw that there was an email. I, I dug into the emails Oof. a little bit. You know, I had some free time. Oh, somebody yeah. somebody made a request for the round table to come back. Ooh, man. I mean, we had, I feel like we just had the discussion to, to retire the round table like a month ago, right? Uh, feels like it was people just don't want to retire you know, is a thing. In your, yeah, in your skewed, like, time mind, things did happen yesterday. Things did happen a month ago. I mean, it's been um, seven years, know, according to you, this, since you recorded, been, right? This is the next. Are you, just m- are you saying you want the round maybe. table back? Is that what you two are saying? You Slim, want to all I'm back? saying no, is no, this no, is no, not no, your no. hit comicsology podcast that you think you're recording right now. Oh my god! This is your second string podcast called Paper Jonesy Cake. Is, so Jonesy has been holding in something for three weeks and it's burgeoning <laughs> right now. I think that it's whole burgeoning. I think that that whole part has got to get cut out of the episode, <laughs> except the part where I say that whole part has got to be cut out because then people are going to wonder. <laughs> You know, you if you guys want the round table back, you know, you guys have been having your you guys have been no, talking. We haven't been I messaging you know, about you've been it. saying I haven't been listening to the show nope. since I've been gone. <laughs> no. You guys you guys are more than you know, willing and able to bring back just, the round table. It's just we record you know? the next episode of Book Chuck. We'll be right you on know? it. It's all you. The ball's in your court. <laughs> we have insects. Mm. Volume one as our book club this week. Heck of a book. I think I read it maybe three weeks ago, so I just prayed the Lord, the whoever your Lord is, that I remember what it was the heck laid happened on your book. You were reading in sense. your time mind. It was three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Little known fact: Volume One of Insects is like thirty issues, and it's like fifty four hundred dollars American to buy. Seven issues in in the first volume of this book. I never heard of such. Slim, if I can thank you for the recommendation, you know we appreciate it. Our budgets and time budgets both appreciate that recommendation. Just just trying to spread love around. We do it all as much as I can. The show, yeah, as much as two hosts think I don't give a crap (laughs) anymore. Slim, you know. Nobody's saying just, that, man. You know, you know, we don't even, you know, we have to record in like two days from now. We got to get rolling. We got another book club to do. The book. I mean, this is serious. I think it's in the it's in the dock. E- so how about this Marvel just, shirt I'm wearing right now, eh? Eh? <laughs> Somebody help? Chunzi trying to change Throw the subject. Throwing a line out there, you know? Next week, tentatively, is Enigma. Mm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Next week, meaning two days from now. But let's, real, let's be real. Dale's going to text Tuesday morning like, I need two more days type Man, scenario. Jonesy just garroting everybody by their throats <laughs> with some sort of serrated edge. I'm just trying to tonight. dig myself out of the pit, Dale. That's all it is. I mean, just I'm sickened by the blood and gore. This is that's like. All, that's all he wants. He wants to take people down hard I mean, tonight. He just wants to watch recording. the world burn. Tonight. 267 is going to be the Donahue. Of this series. I'm just letting it all. The Sally Jesse Raphael bright red glasses frames of Paper Cake will be forever known as 267. 
I mean, people were probably unsubscribing right now. They've had enough. I mean, good for them. I mean, of the, just the good vitriol. Good for them for making their own choices. The pen up vitriol. Oh my god. Yeah. You know, speaking of pen up frustrations being held back. Insects. Incredible transition. Volume Incredible one. Incredible transition. Uh, from aftershock. So comics. you know what? I'm going to set aside our our. F- Genzy, were you at the bar tonight, Genzy? You were. Set aside your, not ours. Can I, can I get in here real quick? Set aside our false animosity, because we're three best friends, no matter how we try to per- portray that we're not. You. No matter how you. <laughs> you know, I do get a giggle out of it, you know? So, sure. I do. I get a little bit of a giggle. You and that whiskey for blood. <laughs> whiskey instead of blood coursing through oh, your veins. Man. Three years ago, that would have been the truth. Uh, so, insects, spelled I-N-S-E-X-T-S. What is it about? The real question is, what is it not about? Okay? So, I'm going to paint you a less sexually explicit picture than I might normally have. So, two, you know, there's a young lady. The main young lady is a dowry girl. You know, she is a wealthy, from a wealthy family. And a British minor noble marries her in order to pull that fortune forward. You know, to up his chances in the uh, court. You know, in the British court, English court, whatever you want to call it. So, this young lady, this this former rich girl, now British lady, is caught in a terrible marriage. I mean, the husband is a scumbag. You know, he's just, uh, you know, an artist and a uh, just a quintessential bad man. He represents, you know, the whole male gender. He's just a bad guy. And uh, so, thankfully, the uh, house maiden, the maid of this house, um, has a certain amount of supernatural prowess she falls in love with the the lady of the house and they come together as one you know sexually and uh she is able to transmit to the lady of the house through intercourse um some in sexual powers you know she transfers uh what i imagine is some pupa you know, some... Uh, oh, God. Just I don't know sick. what is going on right My now. stomach just <laughs> roiled. <laughs> you know, she transmitted some, in, you know, insect-like uh, egg, egg sac into the lady of the house. And both of them then become, through their time as one, uh, super bugs, super wear bugs, wear bugs, if you will. Interestingly enough, the original title of this book, Super Werebugs. <laughs> I mean, I heard that on uh, WikiLeaks. That was in the uh, back you know, matter, as a matter of fact. Julian Assange tweeted me and said it was uh, Werebugs. You know, so I trust him as a political motivator. And uh, through their lives as Werebugs, they kind of not only solved the case of this... Uh, Jack the Ripper analogy, who ends up being someone called the Hag, who is like a um, 
evil personified. And but they also kind of navigate modern sexual um dimensions such as labels and they they the two women folk are able to prove that despite being a man's world they're not only super powered but super competent people and it uh, it hits on many levels as not only being a social and uh it's pretty much how do i say this it's a um comment on modern 2016 living you know as far as our uh quote you know accepted society and it also doubles as a super interesting supernatural story set in victorian england i mean insects it's all you ever want in a comic it's uh wonderful splendid art it's tantalizing in its storytelling, but it's also like a political, social, you know, analogous relationship to what we're going through now. It's all Dale's ever wanted and more. It's insects, and uh, that's all I have. Shoo! I mean, that's heady. It's, uh... That's heady. Matt, your opinion. Slim, as we like to call you. Seven issues. Your opinion on insects, go. Seven issues, one trade. Read it about three weeks ago. Or two years, depending on how you feel. You know? Uh, I'm I'm kinda into this publisher Aftershock. I wonder what their what their story is behind the scenes. They're putting out a lot of good stuff. Honest to goodness, I uh I had First heard of them with Garth Ennis's Dreaming Eagles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your and, boy. And uh, my boy ever since I started getting into his uh, war stuff. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great publisher. Like what they're doing. Yeah. Over there. A little bit of everything. I, uh, Marguerite Bennett is the writer. She had a little forward in the beginning of the trade. I don't know if it's in, I think it's in maybe the first issue as well. Uh, Ariella Christentina on art, I think for most of the run, or maybe all. Um, I thought it was great. I thought it, it danced the line of sensual mm-hmm. horror very well, where it wasn't like in your face that these two women were in love with each other and and having, you know, very sensual trysts to the reader where it wasn't like um it wasn't like NC17 Cinemax-esque like it was done very well by Marguerite I'm sure she wrote it and collaborated with Ariel very well mm-hmm. like they didn't want it to be kind of like in your face like oh hey look at these two women going at it right there wasn't uh, like fingers drawn places and things like this <laughs> there were there I think there were actually maybe they were hidden in certain places actually if I could if interrupt, you get my drift. The only time I thought taken out of it by the sexuality. The egg sack. Was, was that it? <laughs> no, that actually was not the case. But I think at oh, the, the end oh, of the book. You, went, you mean when they transferred pupa from yeah. mouth to mouth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. From one the, mouth, it dripped slimily the into the other mouth. Pupal transfer, as they call it in the book. Uh, 
The only time it, the sexuality really took me out of the book was, I think, maybe the penultimate issue where the the maid is basically like, I can't find Jack the Ripper unless I get, you know, some pleasure. And at that point, I was right. like, ooh, that, that took me like left hook right out of the book. But before yeah, par- that... Apparently her like Wolverine's uh, sniffing powers were only amplified you know, or are amplified when she's you know like that's the only time mid coitus. So that was the only time the sexual nature of the book really like for me threw me a left hook. But mm. you know, previous to that, it's essentially a love story. I mean that's all it is, right? It's a love story between these two women and how is their love going to be able to survive this kind of masochistic, mm-hmm. you know, paternally driven world which is obviously victorian england how are they going to be able to surf in this really male driven society how are they going to make it work and their answer is to become evil bug people and it sounds ridiculous but it ends up being very dramatic and entertaining you're you but you nailed it like much in the same vein that uh, back when we read only the one volume of Cross and we still haven't revisited. Like, Thankfully. It ma- the story manages uh, against like this crazy backdrop world setting that a story is conveyed. And the same same is here in Insects. Like, there's definitely love that these two women share and they share a son whether that son is born out of some sort of insect uh larval sack (laughs) born from a man's dying belly or you know born from normal purposes like it is about this this uh against societal norm family surviving in this brutal world where um, you know, the women don't really have a voice, but they get to have a voice. And you can tell that the uh, the creator's frustrations are, are put to paper. And it's sort of like a big vent session in a very positive way for the, for the main characters in the book. The, the, I think the love portion is like the major bit of it, but there's so many like, in my read of like the layers of treatment of women, mm-hmm. like she, like you, you talked about her venting. I think you're right. And I think she tries to like explain her, uh, experiences as a woman through this setting mm-hmm. where like, you know, the like women are viewed as a certain way and certain aspects of a woman can be monstrous. And then like, you know, these women become monsters and, they unleash themselves on those that disagree with them finally. And all the while keeping the sexuality like normal in the book, which I think I feel like is just so amazing that they manage that. Mm-hmm. But, um, like let, let me, the inter- fact, let me the interrupt. fact that the hag okay. was the one who was trying to, um, talk the women down like and say that like you're you know you're not supposed to have any opinion the men are supposed to rule you and it was a woman herself that had been like uh talking negatively to more women 
mm-hmm. and like this is this is how you're supposed to live. This is how you're. This is how we're brought up. So I thought that was a very interesting twist. That the villain, the hag, was a woman, mm-hmm. and that was talking negatively about women, which I guess is in uh, in relation to just how women have been brought up for centuries. You know, it's just ingrained in women to be that way. So it makes sense. Mm-hmm. For the record, we're also three white middle-aged men making, you know, semi-social commentary on a book that's really not for us in a way. Hmm. So take that as you will, our opinion. Please, I think we nailed it. Please don't hurt us, God, <laughs> is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, the, Josie is, I, Josie's walking on like shards of glass <laughs> while he yeah. tries to explain his thoughts on this book. Yeah, I mean, it's it's clear that, uh, you know, there is definitely expression, a lot of expression to this book, and uh, this is our interpretation of it, and we'll never be, be able to um, completely know what the feeling is like, but the way the main characters just completely are... I don't know. There was something so strong in the way that they're so completely like faithful to each other, and even in the harshest of times, like they f- they have reason to uh, express their love for one another and their family, and and it's like through the horror, which there is like a lot of horror aspect to the book. It's still about familial bond and and their interpretation of a familial bond it's not the same as you know it's not like stereotypical father wife baby yeah right especially in victorian england right and i think to expand on what jonesy was talking about like you could i think there's several ways to experience this book could be as just a horror book with women turning into bugs Mm -hmm. and it being very violent or you know you could decide to view it in a different way where Okay, this is analogous to how women are treated in society everywhere, and every pretty much every page there's a subtext to women going through changes and being viewed as monsters because oh my god, this woman's like going through puberty, she's like an animal, like keep that behind closed doors, please when she's like growing wings and stuff like mm-hmm. it's like every other page you could see like, oh yeah, of course, this is what Marguerite's trying to say, mm-hmm. but I mean even on on either level, I think it 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 nails it as a horror book or as a book with like so much subtext. Yeah. You know, I, uh, classic Gen Z side drink. <clears throat> this is what I think. Um, and maybe a detriment to the book if you're, if we're being honest with each other. So when I open the For book, the first time ever, the first thing I see is the forward, right? Which, which is a very honest and gut wrenching forward by a woman about being a woman, right? But it automatically forces you to see the book in the subtext versus being entertained by it. I think as a reader, I would have much rather have read the book clean and then had an afterword that said, okay, now that you've read it, this is why I wrote it. Because I I read the foreword, obviously, because it comes before, before the book, and I was automatically told how to read it, which is fine for somebody who reads a lot of books like me who can separate that kind of thing. But if if it's a young lady or a young person just starting out and they read that first, they might have a misunderstanding about 
where the medium is going to take them as a whole. Maybe is it because Gen Z is it because you don't like being told by a woman what to do or think. <laughs> do you think that has anything yeah, to do with it? I knew as soon as I Jonesy. expressed my opinion that I was going to open my soft underbelly for your uh, your attack. But uh, <laughs> I'll take the attack as long as it's you know my response is truthful to you. Thank you for being honest. And my heart is hurt that a longtime friend of almost 30 years would choose to stab me in the back in such a manner, but, you know, it's okay. Slim just uh, live on a podcast from his salivating mouth inserted spit a pupa, a podcast hate pupa of green disgust and forced it upon your mouth, and by morning it will have grown and your stomach will have expanded and probably... (laughs) exploded and cracked your rib cage and split open your gullet by morning. Dale, I don't want to say that that Slim eviscerated me, but my guts are all (laughs) over my own floor. So now I'm forever afraid to express my own opinion on the show. So thank you for that, Slim. I appreciate it. Listen, people want your honesty, Jonesy. Do they? They want me... They want me my honesty to eviscerate me. Full circle. They want my... You want want your eviscerating honesty. They just... I don't know. I mean, have has there ever been a book that you read that had a, a, a forward in it? Let me just that talked about their experiences uh, living and oh, maybe some some thought process before the book. Let me uh, switch you real quick. Do you want to wear my entrails as a cape? Or <laughs> I mean, what that is was your an opinion? honest question. That was not a a a, uh, a lob. I wasn't lobbing up something for myself <laughs> to destroy you with. Uh, so your question was, have I read forwards before that changed my opinion of, of a book? Is your question? Or maybe a creator wrote a long passage beforehand. Yeah. I mean, just off the top of my head, I feel like Swamp Things trades all had like six-page intros by creators yeah. talking yeah. about the work. And, I, you know, actually what I find to what me about, is the... Uh, oh, go ahead. Life spoilers. Remendo's forward in... Uh, those encyclopedic fear agents. Friggin' A, huh? He allowed us to experience his true self Mm. on those forwards. That's what it's all about. Friggin' A. My biggest pet peeve is when a book gets a celebrity forward and they tell me how I'm supposed to feel when reading the book because of their nostalgia. And the first thing, the first thing I can think of, the, my 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 least favorite forward ever, was it, it was it a woman celebrity? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so Kevin Smith's Guardian Devil had a forward oh by N- Ben Affleck, and I almost didn't want to read the book after I read that forward. <laughs> so you no, was, so no, this is this is me being white guy against anti-white guy you know you can just go go ahead and eviscerate me slim to the reader because i hate white guys and i hate women and i hate whichever group you choose me to hate but seriously ben affleck on a forward about kevin smith is probably the grossest thing you can think of the uh james got a ghost rider lego set at mind fair today that's pretty awesome makes perfect sense but so we started watching ghost rider clips on youtube and we started watching the some clips from the first Ghost Rider movie. That movie is really bad. <laughs> Terrible. Like that could have been a direct-to-video Marvel movie. Wow. I mean, it wasn't Marvel, but... Thank God it's a, not in the MCU, right? Yeah. Also, so, the we started watching clips from the second one, 
Yeah. Where the directors of Crank did the second Ghost Rider oh, okay. movie. Holy moly. You guys want to hear something even more awful than that? So apparently Nick Cage is like a uh, Wing Chun Sifu level practitioner. So like we we always get I'm Stanley to, Goodspeed. We we linked like everybody My was like oh 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 that's uh, Nick Cage's martial art and you're like no man it's been around for 200 years oh god Bruce Lee practiced Wing Chun, Crit Batman Christian Bale Wing Chun master no but we're always good talked about Nick Cage Godspeed Godspeed Godspell coffee offer me coffee Sean Connery do the Nick Cage kung fu God feels like it Do you think he does I hope not. See, you, even you say the Nick Cage Kung Fu, and it makes me want to vomit in my own house all over <laughs> Is myself. Is there a picture of like Nick Cage on the set of Ghost Rider at your class? You, you know, it's it's funny. Signed. It's it's Bruce Lee with his Be Like Water poster, then it's Yip Man on a jong, and then it's Nick Cage like sniffing coke from leaving Las Vegas. Oh, my word. That's like in every Wing Chun studio, I've heard, so... Wait, is that real? Is there a picture of Nick Cage in Wing Chun suit? No, no, it's it's only Bruce Lee or Yip Bon. You dummy. <laughs> you dummy, you've never seen the inside of a dojo. Idiot Slim. Idiot F. God. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, might go down as one of our funniest episodes uh, ever. I mean, just from the level of just hatred that's funniest been... Air, insert Jonesy air quote. Burgeoning. <laughs> burgeoning. You know... We call it hatred. I would still get up in the middle of the night and take a knife for you if you asked. You know that. <laughs> the the monsters in this book. Oh. The the lady had turned kind of full bore into a it's like a, like a, a millipede almost. Yeah. yeah. Uh you know the only thing I didn't get or the only thing I thought was against type was the monks who were werewolves. Yeah, that was interesting. I just didn't get like it like the <clears throat> the universe she depicts is already so like beautiful. Like there's this there is a sense of like artistic beauty to having these these werebug women to include like classical werewolves, which is very analogous to uh the werewolves in or Baltimore. I thought was like off type. And actually that was the only part of the story that I didn't like was this, I don't know if I'm using the word correctly, but this mandatory uh, Catholic cult of werewolves. Like I just thought, like why do we need it? Like when the story was already, like if you take that part out of it and it's just the story of these two women trying to make it through life and they also happen to be werebugs, Versus a, you know, the hag, which is kind of like the anti-woman, already a super compelling, beautiful story. I, and I, the, go ahead, Dale. I, I think the, uh, it was just kind of setting the stage for the fact that there's a lot more to this <coughs> world than just where two werebug women and a hag. Like, they were definitely filled the role that there are monsters in this world and, uh, you know, it sets the stage for future storytelling because you know you're gonna straight off the bat there's monsters in this world all right um the only the only problem i had with them is i wasn't sure 
Like there was so much doubt put in my mind as to whether they were the good guys or not. I mean, they're definitely marched to the beat of their own drum. They they are were on a mission from God, to quote the Blues Brothers. But their God was their God good? Were they good? Were they were the world were their women like paired up with them for the wrong reasons? It, I just didn't know enough about the kino cephalases, I think that they were called. I forget. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But how, other than how that, about a poor William guy who was in love with Lady mm. for all those years, getting destroyed in like the last second, to last issue by the Hag? That'll happen. Good lord! Yeah, really. I thought that was a cool dynamic. Yeah, kind of like the only protector. nice dude in the story outside of the, like the maybe the one werewolf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had to, he had a cool role where he would kind of be he could be the face because uh, he, at least uh, one of the uh, ladies recognized that you know to get kind of like to get by and to save face in this Victorian England setting, you may actually need a man. Like, she was willing to kind of play ball, and, like, she's like, maybe you need to marry a man to kind of be legitimized and to have a voice, and and the uh, lady, and her lover was like, no way, we're doing this together. Actually, that's what I liked most about William as a character, is that they were able to accentuate how much you don't have to play ball. Because, like, I think... If you're reading this book from the viewpoint of like the archetypical male, you know what I mean? From like um, like a purely sexist point of view, that they kind of set up this William character to be the like the sympathetic male. Oh, maybe you're reading this book as a guy who's, you know, uh, you know a total feminist and uh, you're for us 100%. But in reality, like, you being sympathetic to the female cause does not make you part of the female cause. And I thought that was like super well done that William was kind of representative of this audience that maybe panders to women, but is not necessary. And, you know, beyond political or like a sexism statement, to use a character like that was really smart for this book and I I thought it really added a dimension to the subtext versus just storytelling because storytelling wise he's not super important to the overall story Mm -hmm. but if you read this book set up to just read the subtext he's very important to the final message which is hey we got this as much as you're sympathetic to us Mm -hmm. being sympathetic is almost as much as a problem as sexism in general which had me nod my head a couple times, you know, reading the Williams story, which is significantly important as a as a female writer to get your message across. It's super well done, in my opinion. Just me, you know, by myself in this island, getting called a sexist by slim, you know, whatever. Come take my guns, etc. I know. We're I think Hillary's coming to take your guns away, John Z. On a white horse coming to rob me. If somebody wasn't listening to that very uh, that sentence very well, they could have interpreted as you saying being called a sexist bison. <laughs> <laughs> so that's something. Somebody wants to draw that up. And now the bison, the bison community is going to get all over my ass. 
Uh, shoot. What a book club. Any other closing thoughts before we get in? I'm sure we have a bunch of letters we got to get to. I will say, uh, separating the... uh, Got a lot of letters. The art from the technical. The art was fantastic in this book. Mm -hmm. It was frightening. It was frightening. Imagine walking down the street getting caught by the hag monster with her her big gaping maw mouth with those teeth. Oh, God, yeah. Like, uh... No, thank you. One Amanda Bears in one Fright Night. <laughs> Remember that mouth? Oh, one of the most beautiful Remember movies that ever mouth? made. God. <laughs> I had to watch that after this. Just the dance club scene. <laughs> I think uh, it's worth it. Jeez, it's worth it. I mean, if you want to you know, prepare yourself to just get tender with your loved one, you watch the nightclub scene from Fright Night on YouTube... And it's happening. Not mm-hmm. unlike two women sharing a yeah in between their mouths, filled with young. <laughs> that sounded really inappropriate. I don't know if that's gonna make her <laughs> out of context. That's that's gotta hit the cutting room floor. Oh man! <laughs> Whew. There you have it. Insects, Volume One, Issues One Check through Seven. Aftershock Comics. Great little publisher. We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. Letters at paperkeg.com. <laughs> you shoot us a letter, we might read on our record. Right, right, let's knock this letter segment out, boys, huh? Josie, go. Uh, our first letter from front of the show at top five bananas on Twitter. T.O.P. the number five B-A-N-A-N-A-S. He writes uh Listener Lightning Round Tales by Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba. A collection of short stories set in urban Brazil. While not every story is captivating. The art is absolutely gorgeous. Mm. Hmm. Reminds me of their other uh, one of their other stories set in Brazil, Day Tripper. Uh, the way they illustrated that man God. enjoying an espresso every morning just p- put me on a God. different planet. I haven't read that book in a in a dog's age. One of my all time faves. I got uh, the next letter here. It's going to take a dog's age to read. F- <laughs> read FYI. Uh, what up, fellas? Up until recently, the only comic that had ever literally made me cry was Death of Spider-Man. That story arc for me is like the comic version of the movie Armageddon. I'll explain. Every single time I watch that movie, I end up in tears. And that comic is the same way. I, Armageddon could do that for me if I let it. Even listening to the episode where y'all discuss it in a roundtable hit me right square in the feels. But I feel like part of the emotional payoff of that story is in part due to the previous 150 issues. Recently, I've read another series that hit me in the same way, and it only took about 15 issues to do so. Of course, I'm talking about your favorite comics, favorite comic, Transformers More Than Meets the Eye. It made me laugh, it made me cry, made me broke. This is without a doubt one of the best comics I have ever laid eyes on, and you guys owe it to yourselves to read it. I'm begging you to do a book club on it, or even just read it and briefly discuss it. 
but at very least, just read it. I'm 100% positive that you will thank me. It's Transformers meets Star Trek with a history that is part Spartacus, Spartacus and a quest to find the Cybertronian Knights Templar, and even that description doesn't do it justice. Just as an idea, I've splooched about it so much in this letter, and I'm only on issue 22, and this is a Transformer story with very little Optimus and Megatron. That's how good it is that I've only read a handful of issues and it doesn't have the marquee characters. And keep in mind that this is coming from the same guy who recommended Jack Reacher The Killing Floor to you guys, so you know I have good taste. Anyways, I'm going to stick a mop in this bucket and pick up the tattered remains of my pants once again for taking the time to read my letters guy guy to read my letter guys. Signed Caleb PS. This series is a relaunch from a PS note colon. This series is a relaunch from pr- a previous series. There may be a slight bit of confusion at the beginning, but they do a great job of filling you in. I went into it and never have reading a Transformers comic. I only knew I loved the original animated series and liked the live action well enough. The only other thing I'll say is that if you read the first one or two trades and like it and are going to keep going, also read the miniseries called Last Stand of the Wreckers. Not absolutely essential, but it definitely adds tremendously to the events of the fourth volume. <sighs> Do me a favor, wake me up when you're done this letter, huh? Ouch. Oh my Ouch. word. Jonesy. <laughs> I, uh, hang on one second. I will say to Caleb's uh, defense, uh, More Than Meets the Eye was a predecessor to a series that came out a long time ago that was the Transformers in World War II by the same creative team. And it might have been More Than Meets the Eye. And that was an incredible set of books. Optimus was like a B-52 bomber. Like, it was really what? neat. Dale, you would have loved it. Jersey, is this a real thing you're telling me right now? Yeah, I need yeah. To check I, out I actually, pipe dream. I had the comics in a, a um, my... Jersey's Nick Cage <laughs> cocaine poster dojo. In my, uh, <laughs> when I used to have all my comics in the uh, binders with the footboards, Slim will lead credence to that. Oh, so this is not No, this is, this is maybe like this 15 is 20 years, years ago. ago. Amazing. Oh, my word. What is the death of Spider-Man? Why am I not picturing this book that we talked about? It, I have no idea yeah, what that is. you do. It's right? the one where uh, the main cover is like an all-black hardcover, and it's like an elderly Spider-Man and like the crouch pose in the rain. I've no. I've never read yes, that. Yes, you have. What yes, is that? Yes, you have. Dale, you read that? I think maybe is he referring to uh, Peter Parker in the Ultimate Universe? No. Maybe. No. I, I I apologize, Caleb. I have no Are recollection you, of that comic book. Jonesy, I think you're speaking of Craven's Last Hunt. No, no. Maybe Caleb no, was talking it's, about it's Spider-Man. Last Hunt. He's an elder Spider-Man that comes out of retirement. Really? Yeah, we've read it. It's like the we've read it on this show. Yeah, it's the uh, it's like the Dark Knight Returns, but for Spider-Man. You mean Spider-Man Rain? Yeah, that's it. That's the same thing as did we about, read right? that on the show? Chelsea says, "Yeah, like that's a I don't normal." Think we read that on the show. Uh, misname. All right, m- next letter. All right. Um, the subject. Well, let's just go right into it. Hey guys, the past year, my cousin Travis was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic hey. cancer. 
So in an effort to help raise money for the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, throughout the month of September, I've been selling the original uncolored Sketch Wars drawings that were created as part of the countdown I did leading up to the release of Star Wars The Force Awakens. I'm trying to raise at least $500, and a little over a week I've raised close to $400. With two weeks to go, I greatly believe that with the help of your listeners, we could shoot past the 500 mark. And I, I sincerely apologize because we're reading this late. Uh, by the way, I started listening to The Flap and love it. I Seriously, I could listen to you guys talk about anything. Please never give up. I, if Bush comes to shove and Slim is about to pull the plug, which he does a lot, please consider taking up a tape recorder out with you when you all hang out and submit that as a podcast. Seriously, here's the link to the fundraiser. Oh my God, I feel like garbage. It's man, didn't you guys do a show last week? And we didn't read the guy. letters He's, because you probably listened you and it's like, oh man, they didn't read my letter. It's sketchwars.bigcartel.com uh, and I'll spell it out in case the fundraiser is still Yo, open. You want the truth? It's all right. You want to pull the big kimono back to 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 so you can view my big fleshy white hairless belly, but my before we do that, bush before we do that, between my legs, I forgot to do letters because I was running the show. Okay, I it's all good. He met the goal. I just looked it up. We, oh, we, thank God. We don't have to, you know, deliver that guilt the show for the rest of our lives. People, we did it. Sketch Wars really did it. We didn't have anything to do with it, but not even remotely. Let's be honest. I mean, we were, we wanted to. We did. I mean, Just I feel like I feel like following Sketch Wars on Instagram has been my own personal contribution. Uh, not not that was insensitive. Excuse me. In case in case the sale was still on, it's s k e t c h w a r s dot big cartel b i g c a r t e l dot com, and that's from a forever friend of the show. That's a new moniker that I'm making just for this gentleman. Uh, yours always, Lumberjack Nick. Uh, postscript, I'll never give up on getting you all to finish reading Bone. Oh but God. how about Scott Pilgrim? I just read the first two volumes and I'm obsessed with it and would love to hear your take. Scott Pilgrim, I mean, worst I mean, movie ever made by any, uh, by any studio ever. Just episode you know. 300, episode 275. Do we do all of Bone? All mm. about how much is you're right. I, I, I'm I probably know. speaking way out of turn. Maybe we break it up. I don't know. Dale, yeah, Dale, I'm let me for another. Let, let, let me ask a for real question. Volume. Have you already read the nine volumes, and you will not reread it all, and you just expect us to read, you know, seven thousand pages of bone? Let's you know, real. if I if we didn't do it a paper keg, I haven't read it. You know. <laughs> all right, we'll, we'll revisit this. <sighs> Saturday night paper keg. Another listener lightning round by our friend at Top 5 Bananas. Thank goodness. Ooh. Astro Boy, the greatest robot on Earth. Written and drawn by Osamu Tezuka. Before Pluto, before the animated series, there was Tezuka's original manga version of this story serialized from June of 64 to January of 65 in Shonen Magazine. Wow. I mean, we're just talking about the uh, the Vietnam conflict just getting underway, taking a uh, big USA, taking it over from France. Anyway, while the skeleton of a good story is there, Urasawa's retelling 
is superior in every single aspect. That's from at top five bananas on Twitter. P.S. Throughout the whole story, Uran is a heartless piece of S, even calling Astro Boy a scaredy cat and saying she hates him after Pluto roughs him up the first time they cross paths. My goodness, Uran. If we, uh, you know, I, I don't want to get yelled at by Matt HH for not talking about the slack for a while. We have a paper keg slack. No we one do. knows what a slack is. It's like a message board. If you want to be on a paper keg message board, hit up Matt HH. You just Twitter. made him uh, Matt Antonio H. Banderas while listening to this. It's like our Usenet group. <laughs> he's it's a it's paper keg Usenet, and he's on a transmetropolitan mm. kick lately. I just logged in. He's he's posting all sorts of good oh, pages. Oh, from Transmet, if you're into that kind of uh, teaming up, <laughs> like <laughs> two uh, pupae sharing, <laughs> docking each other so you can transfer pupa. Like some docking, sensually <laughs> docking. Chancey, <laughs> go, go, speed uh, up. I don't know. I I can't get over. <laughs> Essentially docking. I can't get over it. I, all right. Jonesy just posted Jonesy, in the Slack. That's why he's not reading. I have it open, Jonesy. You blew it. Jonesy <laughs> pretends like he can't get to his email, but he's got all the right. Slack app open. That's I why. I felt bad for not having like posted so We have Instagram Slack. open live. We got Slack open live. Jen, that Jonesy cares more about. You're than, seeing than it all right show. now. My true colors. Uh, all right. So let's go here. And that's why I love. <laughs> All right, next letter. X Men Onslaught. Mm. Oh. oh, God, yeah. Okay. Uh, episode 300, 275. <laughs> let it, docking right let now. it simmer in your loins right now. If we could, dro- uh, Slim, uh, during post, if you could drop in Luther Vandross here and now. Here and now. If you could just put it behind me right now. Hey, guys. I've been getting back in the comics over the last year, following me stumbling across your podcast episode featuring X-Men, Executioner Song. I was a huge X-Men fan in the 90s, as that is when I started reading comics. I went back here and now and read Mutant Genesis in the aforementioned Executioner song. I loved it and was on a nostalgia high. I then read the onslaught trades. And I could ask you all opinion on that event. I loved it. And at the time, the climactic battle at the end was awesome. Keep up the great work. That's from Kent, a new reader. Or a new writer who will probably never write again after hearing me slaughter his letter such. But Kent, thank you for being a new contributor. Thank you for enjoying this Luther Vandross back music that Slim probably did not pipe in per my request. And I would love to do an X-Men Onslaught book because I remember that being uh, in the rack at the all-night deli. Oh, God, yeah. You know, going to church with my mom because my dad refused to go. Going to the online deli, getting a can of sour cream Pringles and a Rosenberg's iced tea. You know, that's a local tea maker. And then getting the onslaught in the spinner rack next to the checkout counter 
and loving every single bit of it. I will love to do Onslaught. Mm. I think it's deserved. You know, we all oh, we're all ch- children of the '90s. You know, deserved mm. children of the atom, as it were. Man, yeah, as love that were. book. Ad, you know who who drew the uh, the Onslaught wrap up issue? One of the all time best artists, Adam Kubert. Oh, oh yeah! Oh my God! Here and now, I promise to love you faithfully. <laughs> that was all over. <laughs> it's like you don't break. you don't need a key when you talk oh, about boy. a Cuba brother, Whew. Adam. Man, whatever. I'm gonna uh, move on. Uh, <laughs> hey kickers. Figured I'd drop a line to tell you how Here and now. I was waiting for that too. By one Peter Brady over there squeaking and squawking. <laughs> Figured I'd drop a line to let you know how much I enjoyed last week's episode. I didn't realize how much I've missed the roundtable format. Picking up books on your recommendation that would normally be off my radar. Just curious. Would you guys ever consider taking a week off from the book club occasionally to do a short roundtable lab instead? Maybe it would reignite the weekly comics reading fire. Notice he threw in tactfully a, to do a short roundtable episode. That kind of like perked. He knew he knows a way to Slim's heart. He knows, he knows how to audience. manipulate. He knows how to do it. And at, I'm gonna I'm gonna give his name right now at Karate Chop. Mm. Punch it. Wow. I'm gonna two words. Punch it. Push it. <laughs> also. My wife died when Jonesy told the infamous cut the line story. She doesn't get that when a man's in the wilderness. She doesn't get that when a man's in the wilderness, he sometimes has to make difficult decisions. Actually, I think she was just glad that others got to experience what she's been dealing with for the last 15 years or so. Anyway, it was an incredible weekend. Thanks again. That was at Karate Chop 16 on Twitter. Uh, cut the rope. He's on his own. He's a grown man. Cut the rope. Karate Chop, a.k.a. the Irish Woody Allen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We had a... He was... I mean, we had a great weekend. It's a part of the inner circle. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. How about that roundtable idea? Take a week off oh. from a book club Ooh. to do roundtable episodes. Slim, Slim just got a halfy. Just thinking about it. Oh, my word. Because he already reads you can't book say that table for his much more famous podcast, you know? I think, I mean, yeah, we take a, one week out of the month. Sorry. Huh? Huh? How many, how many books would we read for this short episode? Two. Two books? Three books? Oh, three. Look out. Da- Hold on. Dale, why are you two. splashing a pot right Look, now? Two and the infamous lightning books? round? Maybe we just maybe the a month. It's up to the person. Yeah, it's up to the mm-hmm. person. It's up to the person. They could read one book. They could read two. They could read three. They could read one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. I uh, look. I'm going to say okay. Oh, look out! Look out! Hmm. Mm-hmm. Look in your lips over there, like a uh, LL Cool J. <laughs> Look out. Look out. Wearing like jean overalls and no shirt. That's all you need. Boots. 
So you need, you seen those uh, isolated muscle exercises in your pectorials, ends of overalls. I mean, it could work. It could work. Oh, oh yeah, you know, because I'm just doing the math in my head. Usually, we read 170 pages to 300 pages that week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In theory, it means I'd only be reading 20 pages that week. Or 40. 40 pages. Or 40 to, pages. To which you've already Between read. 20 and 40 pages. To which you've already read for your other show. So there's really no well, additional I, I reading for I you. don't double dip. I've, I don't think right. I've ever double dipped. Mm. I've never double dipped. Uh, the same week. I've never double dipped the same week. Uh, find, me, find me five examples, John uh, I can't. I can't name you yeah. one. You know oh, that. Thank you. Thank you. Not it's an illegitimate game you play. Bogus. It just worked. Just work, web. Here and now. Mm. Why to think get about. a get something to think about? I, I mean, like if any idea. if any time we were to do it, it would probably be next week because we have to record in like twenty four hours. Holy crap! Do trade. We, are you suggesting for the people <laughs> we do a roundtable ex- episode next <laughs> episode? I mean, it might be it might be too too much of a good thing. Would we want to bombard people with a, two roundtable uh-huh. episodes in three weeks, and then be like, "Well, maybe it wasn't that great, actually." Let's let's take a chill pill here. If you guys yeah. listening, if you guys hear this uh, before we record, hashtag roundtable yes on Twitter, <laughs> please. Or roundtable hashtag roundtable. We could do a Twitter poll, like a sh- should we bring should we replace one book club episode. A month with a roundtable episode. Oh, God, that's perfect. Yes or no? Throwing it out there. I could. We could keep do in that. mind. Keep in mind. You have to use the Twitter, the official Twitter app. You know, those tweet bot shenanigans. Yeah. Reply with the word yes. If you reply manually with a yes or no, Your that subtracts a yes or no from the. Overall oh vote. my gosh! What? So wow. there you go. Man, wow. you are being saucy, strict. Is that all the letters we had? That's it. That's it. Wow, what a show. Made 58 minutes. God. God. What great timing, honestly. Here it now. Oh, boy. <laughs> Voice is shot. <laughs> Voice is shot with that one. Get it's that bad. Up on SoundCloud. It's Thomas done. the Tank Engine coming in here. <laughs> oh, boy. In fact, I'm a little worried about the fireside. If I have enough voice to continue. Because he just blew out his vocal cords for the next week. <laughs> <laughs> blew out my pipes. We'll see everybody next week. Love you guys. Uh, Cue my name and jacket. love you very much <laughs> despite the animosity we all still love each other maybe i mean yeah i'm just gonna it's a lot yeah it's a lot we do one round table episode a month we do one friends therapy episode a month <laughs> <laughs> just get it all out oh boy transmet Ugh. <laughs>
More like trans barf. That up. <laughs> trans barf. <laughs> still open on my tab. Let me close it here. Listen, people like whatever like, people can like whatever they want to like. Mm, it's true. not my place well, anymore. I mean, to, a couple of people have told me they don't like planetary. I mean, we don't speak anymore. Sure, but people have told me I know me plenty that. of people that don't like Fear Agent or anything Recommender does. Yeah, you know? and they're bad people. I mean, just so that's we not, know, that's not true. People have different life experiences. Yeah, yeah. terrible life experiences. They don't like Fear Agent. Come on. Um, what about? Let's uh, you know, let's wade into the. Uh, the wa- Longmire Waters. Anybody oh, uh, checked out any of the episodes yet? Oh, I'm done. I watched the first episode, so up. that's all we can talk about. I watched about. the first episode as well. Never like mind then. It was bad, right? It was bad to try to remember what the heck happened last year. Honestly, uh, props to Netflix for their little recap do-wacky that played before the episode. Did you get that, Dale? No. Oh, yeah. It's like a... It's not part of the episode. It's like built into Netflix. It's oh, like previously dang. on Longmire. Dang. And it was like the first four seasons in like 30 seconds. Wow. I should go back and watch that then. I mean, I would have been massively screwed without that. Mm. Okay. Um, I don't know how you even find it. I think it played on my Xbox. Did you watch an Xbox? I did. Yeah. Hmm. I Maybe I, I purposely play. did. It was one thirty in the morning when I started the episode. <laughs> so, what, you know, what was going on with me i don't know but what'd you think of um vic in the hospital room what'd you think uh, about that yeah, scene it was a good scene yeah it was a good scene and then but then in uh true you know writers well, of longmire so, fashion uh, she sank so, by uh, she was saying goodbye but i get that well you two have only watched the first episode so are you sure she's saying goodbye or could she be saying goodbye? obviously she's she's not saying goodbye jonesy yeah. has let us know Come on, Gen Z. Come on. Jeez Louise. <laughs> um, what else? It's been, I feel like it's been a while since I yeah. watched the episode. Um, yeah, it has been a while. I mean. I don't know what else I had thoughts about. What about um, Slim? New York Comic Con, your thoughts. Is it just wacky, overblown, a crowded mess? Be honest with me right now. Yes. Mm-hmm. The answer is yes. There's probably no fun at all. Um, I mean, yeah. I enjoyed it because I was mostly an artist alley. So I did. I went to the flo- the show floor like once, and it was a just a colossal mistake on my part. How could you end up in artist the, alley? What are you like sitting at tables with people while they? Uh, well, Comicsology disclaimer: I work for Comicsology has the table. We're like sponsoring artist alley. Were oh. so I was hanging out there with signings, and then I would like grab creators after they're signing to interview them behind our booth oh so uh okay uh i can't picture the show but have you ever been to artist alley since it's been like in this airplane hangar type deal no i haven't been but that's cool but that's cool that comiXology signings happen there and not on the main floor yeah the so like i could have i easily just spent most of my time in artist alley that's cool for all three days that i was there uh, the first day, I think I went into the floor. It was hot, and I was wearing my like I walked from my hotel to the con, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize until I got there. But like my entire back was covered in sweat, like Ugh. just drenched. And I was like, "Oh God, I gotta like carry my bag now, let my back dry out." It was a scene. Mm-hmm. There's just so many people. It's not fun. It's, I mean, yeah, maybe other people have fun, but just for me, right? Walking around there, it's not fun for me. Um. 
just a lot but, of people. But yeah, I, I chatted with a bunch of good people. God. Saw some old faces. Oh, uh, God. Some dear friends. Smart Wade. Could have been me. Could have been me. <laughs> my dreams coming through. We but had Dale's a, we dreams had... move on <laughs> if he waits too long. Uh, we did one of those Twitch things. Did like a live. Oh, I met Scott Snyder for the first time. That was very cool. On Twitch, that's super cool. The maestro. I don't know if I called him the maestro on stage. I meant to, but I forgot. He was actually late, so we had to like. Tia and I did the interview. We had to like kill time for like six minutes and just hope that he showed up, and he did. So it was like kind of awkward to like segue. And I mean, obviously that's awkward to do in general, but when you're doing it in front of like. 200 people and in front of like eight HD cameras yeah. <laughs> and you're being streamed on the internet. It's a little <laughs> nerve wracking. Oh, so, I mean, major props to the Twitch people. I mean, they can do that stuff in their sleep now. They do it so often. That's amazing. We should get on Twitch, uh, you know? We should get our comic huh? book podcast on Twitch. We could do that. Hit it. We should quit Paper Keg and just <laughs> go on Twitch and play video games and talk about comics. I mean, that's we don't, we don't record for. You know? We never went, went through with it. I mean, I have this idea that's been batted around in my head since I think Shane, who I used to work with, had it, was a comic book interview podcast called Wings and Things, where we just eat wings and we record it. Hmm. We just talk about comic books. Yeah? Yeah. Wings and Things. Genius. Well, you is and that, Shane should Is that too that close show? to the AV Club? I mean... It doesn't What's have to be. Do you think it'd be too close to the AV Club's uh, kind of? I don't know what that is. Interview show. I mean, know the, I know of the AV Club, but they, do they do a show like that? Well, you know, they uh, yeah, they do. They interview people while eating hot wings, and the wings get progressively ah, hotter. Never mind. That's the whole bit. Yeah. Well, I mean that that was my whole bit, so now I can't do it. I didn't know they did that. Um. Yeah, I mean, they don't mind. I don't know how Never we mind. do. Uh, I don't know if a if us doing a Twitch show with us in separate places. I don't think. I don't know if that could be easily accomplished or easily entertaining. It's not like a forum like a lot of work. We, yeah, we looked into that before. You need all kinds of switches and boxes to do that. Yeah. Remember? Yeah, yeah, we did briefly look into that. Mm. <laughs> it's a shame, you know. Just, I think Twitch is a wonderful platform sure agree it's only getting bigger agree and with these uh these amazon prime benefits you get with twitch now my word Mm -hmm. my word twitch prime twitch prime yeah it's great great it was fun it's fun time i don't think i have another con for a while so that's good i just i just sound like walt there Ending a sentence. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to come for a while. So, uh, so. You're not gonna, he said uh, it, he said it like 60 times that first episode. I noticed it. You're not going to uh, kiss me again, are you? So, uh, where's this girl at? Huh? Uh-huh. Dale? I'm talking to Dale, not Jen. Right. Jen knows, yeah. but. Jen's just like, well, maybe she's, uh, do you think Dale, she's think, dead or she's Who not? do you think took her? I don't know. It's probably somebody stupid. Probably like some. Somebody corny. What happened to the dude that was like the season finale nutcase? The guy that ran the oil rig? Wasn't he? Didn't we kind of think mm. it was him? Mm-hmm. Chansey, mm. come on. 
Jesus. Jesus. Our Dale, Dale, we'll talk He's offline. definitely featured in that we'll, episode. We'll talk offline. Dale. Yeah, we need to talk offline. It's not we safe. Need to take this offline. It's not safe here. And the, the uh, like, uh, how about Walt the, don't care, Meyer, is what you guys would be. And how about the uh, the former ex-cop who was fine up until the last two minutes of the, the last episode yeah, the, last season? The frig, and man. He went, and he started uh, going I'm crazy. I'm starting to get, remember why I didn't like last season. Yeah. Stop it. All of a sudden, season, he's seeing like wasn't things. Good. It wasn't. They they solved the the uh, what's his face getting killed. They arrested the dad in like two episodes. Get out of town. That could they could have drawn that thing out the whole season. Yeah, Branch's dad. Yeah, Branch's dad was like they 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 were like it's like they were having uh, intercourse for thirty seconds, you know, and then they just finish. You could have drawn that out for a few hours. Just on the record. State right now, you guys, that you guys hate Longmire. Both you just said it's IMAC. I'm at a bleep bleep. God bleep. Scoop. For the record, I believe I got everyone into Longmire. I don't want to toot my own horn. Not that you would, good sir. No, but I love Longmire. But last season was not great. Hmm. It got. I mean, at, you can go back to season two and three. It gets progressively more. Not good. Mm-hmm. Like the, the the thrills of the week, the stereotypical like writing. Story of the week. Yeah. Progressively. I'm kind of, I'm I'm like, I don't know how I feel about the main story being solved still with his wife and Branch's dad. Like once uh, that was solved, I right. was like, Ugh. right. You know, I was just so connected to that story. I wanted it to go longer. Yep. I mean, for all intents and purposes, the main Longmire story ended last season at, like, episode three. Yeah. Yeah. And it's almost like they didn't know what the heck to do after that. Charles Dutton was there, and then he was gone. You Mm -hmm. know, done. Jones, do you like the last season? Loved it. I loved it a lot. What I about, think the, what about the I whole think, uh, turn of from uh, Jacob Nighthorse being just, like, a thorn to being, like, some... A good guy, essentially. I think Standing Bear finally having to face up and become the new Hector was phenomenal storytelling. How about them pulling that out of like, didn't we have this character called Hector once one episode? Can we can we do something with that? Can we run with that and really make that into something? Hector I think, was, uh, a, was Katie Longmire being forced to mature, and even if that means going against her father, was a huge. Uh, character arc for her. What'd you think about Branch's dad being killed in the third episode and that storyline ending? Well, if you read the books, we're talking about the TV show here. Okay. Well, well, I, I you know, I'm my opinion is colored because I've done both. But can you hope to sustain a show for seven or eight seasons on one story arc? I think not, my friend. Why you got to seven to eight seasons? This is season five. We're on. <laughs> that was season. Okay. Wasn't that season four? So eight years he Last has season? to solve the mystery of his wife's murder. We and we get what an answer in the very last episode. Is that what you guys Why want? Do, so you were happy with them blowing their in episode three with Branch's dad. I don't know if I was happy with the pacing, but I'm glad that they finally got an answer. And the pacing like was the way abrupt. they they milked Listen, the stud I'm, bull. I'm going to agree with his, you that it was very abrupt. 
How about the story where uh, the deputy got fired by Walt last season? Yeah. What do you think about and that? And then he started going crazy. Itching. He's like itching his head like a crazy person now. Come on. Yeah, well, spoilers. He didn't get hired back for the next season, so you're not going to get any comeuppance for that. Well, they didn't even mention him at all. Like, the last season they fired him, like, he was written off. Like, he, like, got caught with drugs on set. They had to write him out yeah, of the show. Yeah, he's <laughs> gone. He's, he's he pulled out. RDJ and, uh, what, Allie McBeal and couldn't come back. Notice how generally he's not commenting on that storyline. I will not say because I don't want to spoil anything. Itching hey. too, I bet. Hmm. Hey. All right. Remember how we were solving the mysteries before Walt last season, too? <laughs> That was just. Why do you good. have to be so hateful? That's all I'm saying. Oh, you know. Listen, I, I, something that I love and I cherish. You know, you can't just be all positive. It just all started the time cheapening. Yeah, it started cheapening. Yeah. You got to remember the bad times too. Good like when we all solved the mysteries in the time. first five minutes, right. and then we had to sit through forty-five minutes of Walt looking like an idiot for the first time in four seasons. Just open no up, good. Walt. Just say words. Just speak your mind, Walt. Please, don't be so clammed up all the time. <laughs> Poor Vic, getting led along by Walt last season. Yeah, yeah. Mm. What a way to end the show, huh? <sighs> it's for the best. Maybe it is. All right, guys. Uh, just a little joke there. Everybody relax. You know? <laughs> oh, man. Genzi has taken our Longmire thoughts as a personal affront. <laughs> no, not at all. Are I you just. Stop? Is that what's happening? Yeah, that's uh, well, before you get the Longmire? hard stop, I just say, as a lover of the novels, I can no longer think bad about Longmire at all because the books are so good. Sorry. I don't care who knows it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Goodbye. Good shaves.